Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Frustrated Fan Podcast. Today I'm going to be doing another new segment. Uh, kind of just been rolling with new segments whenever they come to my mind. Today is going to be Free Agent Friday. You know, just kind of that alliteration. Thought that was kind of fun. Uh, but basically I'm just going to list off every free agent that's uh, available. Today I'm going to do the NBA. I might do the NFL on the uh, on uh, next Friday, but today I'm going to do the NBA. Um, so let's just jump right into it. The biggest news of the day is Blake Griffin. Uh Blake reached a contact, contract uh, agreement uh, for a buyout with uh, Detroit today, and that's big. That's that's major for him. Uh, I don't know if just the culture or just the way that he's been playing. You know, I don't know if his knees are really that deteriorated, but uh, something just never really clicked in Detroit. It was wrong from the get go. I understand he got his money and he got hurt when he got traded. Not physically got hurt when he got traded but you know spiritually kind of crushed him you know they they gave him the big contract said you know you're a clipper for life you know you're the man and they ship him off to detroit so i don't know uh i think that he instantly makes any team he goes to better uh i think that the three major teams that are going to sign him are either going to be the heat uh the lakers or um I mean, realistically, any team <laughs> at this point, any team that wants to make a playoff push, I think he works for their system. Uh, other than like the Jazz, I don't think he fits there because he doesn't shoot the three as well as he should uh, for that team. They've really taken on this like Spurs-esque kind of uh, feel to them. But um, I really think that he makes any team he goes to better. Uh, even if he reaches like a tiny, tiny deal, uh, you put Blake Griffin on the nets and suddenly they have another all-star and they, like... You know, we're, we're at this point now where uh, people who are past their prime are taking, you know, penny contracts to just go and win a ring. Um, you know, DeMarcus Cousins, who I'm going to talk about next, he just reached a contract uh, buyout with uh, with Houston. But to, to stay with Blake Griffin, uh, the man hasn't dunked since 2019, and that's like what he's been most known for is his explosiveness and his insane dunking ability. But you've seen over the years the decline in the explosiveness but you know he's worked on the three ball and stretching the floor and being a pow- uh like a point forward i think that uh he could really work like i said just about anywhere you know he could go to phoenix and link up with chris paul and uh, i think he helps them at the four position i don't think they have a true four right now they have like a kind of like a stretch four with uh bridges but you know it, the way that they're playing it it might work in the same way that they use ayton uh, you've got to worry about team chemistry and the way that teams are playing now, you know, with the, with like f- basically four out one in, if that, uh, sometimes just playing small ball and having, you know, uh, like a four at the five position. Uh, the Celtics would be another good spot with how they use Tice. You know, if, if Blake can stay healthy and uh, kind of show some of that, not necessarily the explosiveness, but just he just looked lost. Like, his soul had been crushed in Detroit. Like, it looked horrible from the moment that he started there. And I, I don't know if that's just the culture of Detroit or what, because we've seen people leave Detroit and instantly, you know, do better. Uh, Christian Wood went to um, the Rockets, and he was, like, playing at an all-star level. Um, even, uh, you know, when Greg Mon- Monroe left and went to the Bucks, he was, I, I don't want to say better, but he was just more notable. I don't want to say that... Caldwell Pope is a better player because he plays for the Lakers. I think some of that is, you know, the the bright lights of L.A., you know, give him a little bit more shine. But um, it just seems like Detroit just sucks the life out of every player they have. Like, I just don't get it. 
just the culture there is just so bad and so demoralizing that it just ruins these players. You know, Jeremy Grant went there in the offseason, and he was out of his mind in the bubble with the Nuggets. He was a great piece for them, but he just... We don't see anything, we don't hear anything. Unless you follow Detroit, you're never going to hear about how good Jeremy Grant did. And it sucks just because that's how bad Detroit is, and that's what they do. They just It seems like they just suck the talent right out of their players. Um, but I think, yeah, like I said, Blake Griffin to just about any team makes, makes sense. It makes sense to just about everybody. Um, moving on to the second uh, free agent, major free agent, I should say at this point. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins, like I uh, alluded to earlier, I think he's also in the same boat that he could go to just about any team right now and make them better. Um, you know, a stretch five is something that's even more valuable now than it was when he was in his prime. Uh, last year, he was averaging about 10 points per game, eight rebounds per game, uh, like three assists. Uh, he shot below 40%, which wasn't great, uh, 33% from three, but he didn't play a whole lot when he was on the floor. Uh, with the, with Houston this year, sorry, not last year, this year, I'm sorry, but I really just want to see him get back to the same level that he was before. You put him on a, I mean, even like a, a Lakers, a Boston, a, I mean, even, even the Nets, you know, like I said, for Blake Griffin, just a tiny contract, go there and make an immediate impact. I do think that, uh, regardless of who goes where between my, uh, Dirk Cousins, God, I about said Kirk Cousins, Jesus, DeMarcus Cousins, Boogie Cousins, uh, and Blake Griffin. Uh, one of them has got to go to Miami. Miami has to pick up one of these guys and just immediately bring them in. I know that Bam is their guy at the four, so they're not going to challenge him. But DeMarcus Cousins at the five gives you another, you know, another stretch position. He plays defense. He's going to help you out in that instance. Uh, Blake Griffin, you know, just an immediate upgrade for the second unit whenever Bam needs a break, you know, things like that, you know, like I said, even, even in, uh, Brooklyn, you know, Blake wants to link up with DeAndre again, or like, uh, bringing in Boogie Cousins just for the second unit, um, or even just adding that element, you know, if you have everyone on the floor, if you're the, um, if you're the Nets and you have Kyrie, Harrison, uh, James Harden, Kevin Durant at four and Boogie Cousins at five, every single one of those guys can shoot the ball from three you're playing five out like there's nothing that the other team is going to be able to do and you, even if you play one of them inside you have to respect the three shot from everyone outside it's just a lethal combo it takes away you know the uselessness of deandre jordan at the uh, offensive end so i think that it's something that they have to seriously consider uh going forward that being said i still think he fits in just about anywhere as well you know the jazz could use him because of his shooting ability uh the Suns even though they have DeAndre Ayton like I said second unit he could still come in and do something um he, he definitely deserves to be on a roster somewhere and he should be picked up the both these guys are going to be on another roster there's no way that they don't sign to a roster uh moving into the number three spot this one I'm kind of shaky on I don't think uh he'll be left in free agency but he should be on a roster, but the fact that he's not on one now just kind of feels like, okay, maybe maybe it's time to move off him. Uh, Kyle Korver is still a free agent, which to me is kind of shocking. I still thought he was on Milwaukee, but they didn't bring him back this year. Uh, last year, he averaged about seven points per game. 
his rebounds and assists really weren't talk weren't worth talking about. They're like two rebounds per game and one assist per game. He was really just in there to shoot three, uh, shoot the three, and he shot forty one percent, which above forty percent is still very very good. And you know he, he's kind of in the Mike Miller kind of area now with Miami, where it's like, yeah, my man's just gonna in, go in there and just shoot threes. That's like literally all you're gonna use him for now is just the outside shot. So teams that might need like a cheap shooter you know if you need more shooting help like it made sense for him to be on milwaukee but you know milwaukee's moved off of him i don't know really the market for him at this point because of that because all he can do is just shoot the three um you know he might go to like a a team and be a veteran guy for them in the in the locker room you know new orleans when they had jj reddick you know it just kind of you know it, it clicked well i think they still have regardless regardless just a team new orleans-esque you know and the way that uh way that they would use someone like that you know a team that's very post heavy it just kind of seems like he would fit uh honestly i'd like to see him go to the warriors you know just add another three-point element and help him out since like clay's injured just put kyle corver out there and let him just shoot threes whatever man let him do his thing if he makes him good if he doesn't you know just put him on the bench you're in a rebuild year anyway it doesn't really matter at this point um i mean washington would make sense too just to try and help portland be another good spot for him uh just anywhere that needs another scoring bench option um i don't think he works with like the hornets or uh even the nuggets to an extent because jamal murray plays the two and the three sometimes the one as much as I like Kyle Korver, I don't think he adds much because of how how much that team likes to to run and stretch the floor. Um, I think that he has to be, you know, kind of like Ray Allen in his end of his career where he was just like, you know, I'm going to chill in the corner. You guys do you. And if my man sags, throw me the ball. I think that's where Kyle Korver's at. And I'm not saying that there's no need for that. Uh, like Danny Green went to the 76ers and that's like his whole role for the Lakers. I mean, he did play defense, but, like, he was there to shoot threes. And sometimes he couldn't even do that. So, I mean, he could even work with for the Lakers. But, you know, they have such such a combo guard focus right now where they can drive and shoot. To just grab a spot-up shooter just doesn't seem like, uh, doesn't seem like priority number one. All right, moving into four spot here. Um... And this is just, a, it's almost like a bunch of old heads at this point. Uh, guys that like, it's obvious, like we're off of them now. Um, guys still out there that have talent that could still play, but it's just kind of like, yeah, I don't really see it happening. Uh, Isaiah Thomas is out here. Uh, his stats in 2019-2020 were 12 points per game, four assists, two rebounds. He shot 40% and 41 from three he's just small man and the guards have only gotten bigger that's the biggest problem is he's so damn small don't get me wrong i was all for isaiah thomas in boston the king of the fourth you know awesome narrative was pissed that he got traded to cleveland and it ruined his career but i loved it i loved every second of it he had like a mvp caliber season that that year he's like third or fourth in mvp voting mvp voting but (coughs) excuse me he, uh, I don't know. He's just kind of falling off. Like, I don't know. He's going to have to be a six man for teams. He's not going to come in and start. 
he's just too small. I don't, I don't see him going really anywhere, and I hate that because I liked him so much. So I think Isaiah Thomas just stays in free agency, and I don't think he gets anywhere. And if he does, it's just going to be, you know, bench minutes, maybe like the nine spot on the bench or maybe the eight if you're lucky. Uh, number five, we've got uh, shooting guard Gerald Green. Um, he was last with Houston. If you if you know dunking, you know Gerald Green. Gerald Green is a monster at throwing it down and would shoot it from outside. That was like his biggest thing was he's either going to dunk it on you or he's going to rain it from outside. Kind of like the same, you know, J.R. Smith, uh, Iman Shumpert, uh, just dudes that are either going to jam it on you or shoot the three. That's that's what they did. Um, he's still out there in free agency. I don't really know what happened to him. He kind of just fizzled out. I mean, his stats weren't terrible. The last time he played was the 18-19 season. Uh, he had nine points per game, two rebounds, 40% on uh, field goal shooting, 35 from three. So he really wasn't that reliable from three from what he used to be. But I don't know. You know, you could see him come in and make an impact for some teams that need like a a J.R. Smith like caliber player. Um I just hate that the Lakers would sign like another, you know, another old head, like I said, uh, another one of these old guys that just come in, you know, I know you need veterans in the postseason. That's what they're there for. But man, sometimes, you know, is a veteran really worth it? Like JR, you know, pretty questionable. Um, to an extent, Caldwell Pope, Paul George for being a veteran vanished in the bubble. Like, I don't know. I don't know how much more that that bubble experience, not bubble, sorry, that veteran experience really matters for a team at that point. Um, but he's at number five out here. You know, I don't, I don't love it. I don't hate it. Uh, six, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, um, just a defensive guy. But we're at a point now where you have to do everything and play defense, like we've seen even with Patrick Beverly that just being a defensive specialist doesn't matter anymore i mean patrick beverly could always like shoot the three excuse me and drive to the basket but he didn't just play defense in the way that hollis jefferson is now it's just going to be a focus on mainly you know the defensive end um his stats were never anything that great you know he, he last played with minnesota you know in the 1920 season he had seven points per game five rebounds two assists per game he shot 47 percent, so like it was good but he wasn't you know it wasn't astronomical numbers by anything he wasn't putting up you know career highs every night so uh, he's he's just me you know like if you need defense grab him but other than that he's not really that big a deal uh seven this one actually intrigues me a bit uh ezra Nelia silva now if you've watched the nba for the last 10 years Ilya silva has bounced from team to team but he's consistent in the same things that he's always been. He's been a rebounder, and he can shoot the three. The dude knows how to play defense and shoot the three. That's like it. He's always been a stretch big, and a time where the stretch big is the most valued position outside of the star. The stretch big is, is the only way to be a big now in the NBA. So, like I said before, teams that need this stretch big, teams that can help, you know, they're the same teams. I think that uh, I think he would do well with the Celtics. I think he would do well with uh, even the Hornets to an extent because they have no big men. The Hornets' big men are atrocious. Like, they have no one. So I think that he would definitely help. Um, he was last with Milwaukee. And, you know, Milwaukee Milwaukee is such a, such a question mark for me because 
it's it's solely about Giannis driving and kicking to people and shooting the three. Brooke Lopez was their best shooter in the bubble, which was astounding to me. The man was lights out in the bubble, uh, which like Chris Middleton is there. That's like his job. That's what he's supposed to do is make the three. But Brooke Lopez was a solid third option for Giannis every single time down the floor. And I was kind of upset why they lost minutes. But with just like with Kyle Korver, with Ilyasova's last team being Milwaukee, it's hard to see that same sort of value when that's specifically what he came in to do in the best spot that he could have done it. So he shot he shot 36% from three. Uh, 46% uh, for uh, just field goals. But he averaged six points per game, five rebounds per game. Like I said, defense, shoot the three, and just be a big body. So it's the same market. The same market as DeMarcus Cousins. You know, if you lose out on Marcus on Boogie Cousins, you maybe look at him. Um, so this one hurts, man, just because he's so damn good, even with how old he is. Uh, Jay Crossover, Jamal Crawford, man, how the hell is he not on a team? The man is absolutely absurd. He can still, he's literally a walking bucket. If you need scoring, he is your guy. If you need second unit scoring, this is your guy. He can still score the basketball. I don't know why he's not on a team. Jay Crossover is still unbelievably good at the offensive end. I understand he might be a liability at the defensive end, but the fact that this man can still go out and get you a bucket, can go out, go out and get you a 20-piece every single night that he plays is just absolutely absurd. He only played one game last year with the Nets, and he scored five points and three assists, and he got no minutes. He's 41. I get it. But Jesus, man, he's a bucket. If you need scoring on your second unit, this is who you grab. If you really don't have any other option besides your stars and you're wasting their, you know, what, you're not necessarily wasting them. You're you're having to have them exude so much every single time they're out on the floor to score for your team. You need a guy like this who can get you a couple buckets. This is your guy. Just absurd that he's not on a team. It fits anywhere. Anywhere can take him. If you need scoring, this is your guy. Grab him. Um, trying to see who else I had on the list. Um, a lot of it has to do with the same stuff, you know. It's just guys that have kind of fallen off as of late, and it just kind of sucks. You know, Michael Kidd Gilchrist is on this list, but he, at this point, he's just, you know, he's defense, you know, you have a bunch of these big, lanky defensive power forwards that didn't really pan out. And then they're, you know, what's left, but, um, it sucks. It really sucks that a lot of these guys, that's how their career ended. Um, I think we're pretty much at that point with just about anyone. There's Emmanuel Moutier out there. Uh, another, like another scoring guard off the bench, uh, there's just there's people that can score that are out there that just aren't on teams and don't make sense. Um, I mean, Thon Maker's out there for anybody needing a defensive and rebounding, like, anything like that. But, you know, you have other people for that. It just, uh, it just pretty much it, you know. Uh, another, another walking bucket out there is Dion Waiters. Even though he shoots, like, I would say he's a volume shooter over uh, just a pure scorer. You know, he's still out there. You know, there's guys out there that can still score the ball that are not out there. Uh, Damari Carroll's still out there. Uh, you know, a while back, he was the LeBron stopper when 
<laughs> when uh, Atlanta was the number one seed. But there's just plenty of guys out there that can be stretches for everyone. Um, but I think the the main pieces that are going to fall at this point are simply Blake Griffin and DeMarcus Cousins. Everybody else after that just feels like, eh, I don't really know. I don't think that anything else is going to happen with them. Uh, but when... Blake Griffin is the very premier free agent that you want to grab right now and DeMarcus Cousins is an immediate drop-off. So whoever gets those teams, those two guys on their team, it's going to immediately change the the, the look and feel of their team. Uh, so both teams essentially uh, have the same market. Look at, look at your contenders, and they're the market. Look at the Lakers, the Celtics, the Heat, the Nets, and even teams on that outside trying to make a push for the next spot like even like a um, like a Golden State, the Nuggets, the Jazz, the uh, the Trailblazers. I don't really see any any help with the Sixers because what they need right now is is a three and four because I think they have a pretty good four with Tobias Harris. Not three and four, sorry, a two or three because I don't think Danny Green's the answer right now. But uh, or Dwight Howard, you know, off the bench. But uh, I think that. You know, even I really don't think Milwaukee can benefit from him, but just just adding depth to these teams and trying to help them uh, to help them compete. But I don't think either one of them fit with Milwaukee, just because of Brook Lopez already being being there and the way that Giannis plays. I don't think complements Blake Griffin. Um, Phoenix, look for Phoenix to make a run at either one of these guys too. But basically, anybody who's a comp- who's competing right now for a top spot, uh, look for them. So uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for the NBA. There's really not that many free agents. We're not in free agency yet. So uh, just for like a mid-season thing with the news of Blake Griffin, I wanted to get a segment out. So yeah, it's uh, it's been free agent Friday. You know, it's fun. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot more content for the NFL one that I do next Friday. But uh, for first free agent Friday, this go uh, this has been pretty good. Um, I'm definitely bring the segment back as the seasons go along. So uh, yeah, uh, we'll see you.